I'm Jonathan Goldstein, and you're listening to Wiretap on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius XM. Today's show, The Other Life. Annika? Yeah. Hey, how are you? It's Jonathan speaking. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. Are you getting ready for school? We are. I think it's like the morning chaos here. But no, it's good. It's good. Is is Loden there for me to talk to? Yeah, Loden. Loden? Hey, Loden? Come here. Jonathan wants to talk to you. Here. Can you say hi to Jonathan? Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Are you getting ready for school? Yes. What what grade are you in? Um, first grade. Can I can I ask you uh, a couple questions? Yeah, sure. I heard that you um remember having a past life. Yeah. Could could you tell me what it was? Um. Well, I was. Well, I I was a gardener and I lived in Texas. Texas. Yes. Have you have you ever been to Texas? Oh no. And what what else what else do you remember? Well, I I had this house and it only had one floor and I had two children. Were your children boys or girls? I got one boy and one girl. And who was who was the older one? Uh, the boy. He was six years old, and the little girl was four years old. And do you remember what their names were? No. Do you remember what your name was? Um, I don't. It's very hard to say. Was it a long name? Uh, yeah, really long name. And did did you have did you have a wife? Yeah. Do you remember anything about her? No. No, but I knew that I had a wife. And how long ago was this? I didn't have electricity. I was just a gardener. And when did you start remembering this? When when I was gardening, when when my when my grandma and grandpa came. And so you were out gardening with your with your grandma and your grandpa, and all. Yeah, and that made me remember. And I used to plant sunflowers. In your past life, you mean? Yes. That's it's. Um, do do you like do you like remembering this? Does it does it feel? Yeah, I like remembering it. I really, I really like remembering it. Thank you so much for talking to me about it. Okay. Um, is your, is is your mom there? Yeah. C- could you put her back on the telephone? Okay. Hello. Annika. Yes. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it totally, it seemed to be totally unprompted. It was totally like out of the blue. We had never. I mean, like, we've never been to Texas. Right. We've never had any. We don't have, like, any connection. There was no, no reason why we would <laughs> go there. But 
Um, is, is he the kind of kid who's given to flights of, uh, of imagination and stuff like that? Um, I mean, he likes made-up stories and things like that, but he, he doesn't, like, he doesn't really make up stories to us or tell us things that aren't true or, like, he's pretty clear about distinguishing what's real and, and not real, you know? Yeah. But who knows, you know? Uh, who knows whether this was something, you know, like he dreamed about or it was all in his imagination. Um, but it's also entirely possible that it's that it's true and, and this is who he was. I sometimes fear that if there are alternate dimensions, there is one where I am married to my mother and my father is my son. In that dimension, my father slash son is an easygoing lad with more interest in tetherball and baseball cards than in his math homework. My mother slash wife constantly nags her son slash husband trying to get him to apply himself. Leave the boy be, I say, with no sense whatsoever of the other universes out there. Sometimes when I look at my father in our current universe, the one we are both in now, I feel like I might be in the alternate universe, the wrong one, the one filled with bizarro absurdities and broad ironies, and that somewhere out there is a universe just right, and in it, my father is building a house out of baseball cards on the carpet by my feet. In that universe, he is asking me to play tetherball in the yard after dinner, and everything is exactly as it should be. I'm right now on the, uh, <clears throat> what's it called, the cordless phone. Let me see if the actual, does it sound any better? No, that might be worse, actually. Does it sound good now? I think it sounds good. Might like... be worse. Let me see. So this is not so good, this recording? No, this sounds good. Does it sound okay now? Yeah. I don't know why I lost you. Hello? Oh, can you can you hear me now? Yes. Just a second before that, I couldn't hear you. Oh. I um... lost you again. Do you have me? Yes, I'm sorry. Do you have me now? Because uh... the mo phone moved a second. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I've got you. So this sounds okay? I think so, yes. Okay, let me know when. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my name is Fred Stoller, and for many years, I had an imaginary son. Um, <clears throat> I've always been a guy that, I guess, beats myself up too much or puts myself down, but... Being in show business, you face a lot of rejection, and it's tough to handle sometimes, so that doesn't help. But one day, a long, long time ago, I was driving around with another comedian I was working with on the road. We, we were doing some circuit in Philly or Jersey, and we stopped off to see his son. And this guy, he, he was in, you know, he was on the same level as me, you know. If he was like me, he'd probably beat himself up saying, oh, things aren't going good, I'm just doing small clubs in Jersey, or a public access TV show no one's ever going to see. But we stopped off to see his son, 
And the kid, he was so excited for his father. He said, Dad, when are you going to be on that TV show? And the son told some of his friends that his dad sometimes does these clubs. And, and he was so excited. And I, and I was so moved by this. And then it hit me, if I had a son, you have to be all excited about even any little thing for your son. And you can't come home beating yourself up, I'm a loser, or, you know, you got to hold it in. So then I, I somehow, I came up with an imaginary son named Mitchell. He was about seven, and he'd sit there in the audience, so proud of his dad. So basically, I devised this boy, and I, 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 I held in just feeling bad for myself or putting myself down. You, let's, this didn't work out today. Let's go out to Denny's. I, I wasn't insane where we'd go to a restaurant and I'd pour milk, you know, and have a, t a plate set up for him, you know, and, and put food into his imaginary mouth. But I would buy him these these toys, just things like, even if it's something I wanted, like I used to be really into the NBA, and they had these starting lineup action figures. It's almost like after a bad audition or a bad day, I'd go, oh, Mitchell may like some of these. Oh, they got uh, this player. So I kind of, he was with me at Toys R Us, you know, to the side. I didn't hand him the bag or anything or say, hey, Mitchell, do you want that? And point to it. I wasn't where people were looking and shaking their heads. But it was, I think when I was a kid, my mother, well, um, she, well she would throw out like G.I. Joe's. She thought I was a sissy for playing with dolls or, or so I think uh, I, I, it, it's a way to buy things that I couldn't have, you know, for myself and my wink, wink son. Did you have, or do you have some kind of mental image of him, like what he actually physically looks like? Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, came up to my waist, um, curlyish hair, brownish, nice kid, just, 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 just a good kid who loves animals and is just really a, a single dad. And, and there were some corny things like, if I'm getting ready for a date, he'd say, Dad, I want you to be with that woman. You think this will be the one, you know? And I go, we'll see, you know. Like, am I going to get a new mom? Yeah, exactly. And again, and it helped not being disappointed when it didn't work out, when the woman turned to either not be into me, be a wacko. I, it, it, the funny thing is, no, well, not funny, laugh out loud, is then I start seeing a woman who I felt so open with that, I opened up about Mitchell, and uh, she thought it was so sweet. And then when I started dating her, he sort of went away. And then I kind of started being needy and not the dad I was. And I leaned on her too much. So I almost should have kept the, my imaginary son going. It may hurt this very nice relationship I had. I remember when I did stand-up, I, I, there was a club in Brooklyn called Pips in Sheepshead Bay, and I remember this guy got fired because he was awful, but they, they felt sorry for him, so they, they, 
they let him do a few minutes, five minutes, and his mother came and and his friends, and they all cheered him. And his mother said to me, Bert was always so shy. So just the fact he could get on stage, I am so proud. And that really made me almost tear up because I never got encouragement growing up. It's funny, I have an older sister that my mother decided was okay, but she she just made up her mind that I wasn't as smart as my sister, that I didn't understand things. She actually said, I'm not, I'm not going to tell him you're a comic. I'm going to say you're retarded. That was easier to explain what Freddie does. Like, I think I have this shame issue growing up. Like, anything I did, if I walked barefoot, if I had a baseball hat, you're going to do that with a girl? Like, I didn't even know what I did so wrong, you know, but everything with a girl, you're going to act like that? So everything about me became shameful, like, just whatever, just being myself. So people ask, is my mother proud? She's finally proud when other people said, oh, Freddie was on The Nanny or wrote on Seinfeld when it was, but yeah, so I never got encouragement for like being brave to take the train two hours from Brooklyn to Manhattan to hang out and be a comedian or just the fact that I was so shy and I got on stage. So I think uh, my imaginary son was the adoring parent or adoring anyone I never had. Another story, and this is real pathos, but when I was five, my father was openly having an affair with a woman at work, and my mother kept going, why don't you take a Lillian there, take a Lillian, why don't you go on vacation with Lillian? And she would say this right in front of me and my sister, and I didn't know who Lillian was, I never met her, but me and my sister had the same fantasy that we wanted Lillian to be the adoring, nurturing mother we never had. And I remember I wanted to run away and find Lillian, and I remember I got a Cracker Jack's ring, and right in front of my mother, I gave it to my father. I said, Dad, give this to Lillian. So I had this fantasy world as a kid that Lillian was the nurturing mother, and it would be me, my father, and Lillian. And uh, another fantasy I had was... I'd wake up in the suburbs, be this good-looking kid with nurturing parents, and the skinny, scared Fred Stoller in Brooklyn was just a bad dream I had. And I remember seeing a therapist, and I told him that. He goes, one day you will wake up and you will be a different person. And and has that happened, do you Absolutely. feel? Absolutely. Even though I'm still me and look like me, it's not the nightmare at all. And Many years later, when I got a cat, my cat's name became Mitchell, and uh, I remember I'd give him a treat, and I'd go, good boy, good boy. And now, when I do a good chore or something on my to-do list, take the trash out, I'll say, good boy. So with the imaginary son and with the cat, the little nurturing things I used, I used them with myself. So maybe I'm the, I'm the son doing the little things, just giving myself pats, giving myself pats that I never had.
Alternate Dimension Number 2. In this dimension, we are continually asked questions. And if we answer correctly, we get to grow, physically grow. And so there are some people who are as big as mountains, while some are as small as fruit flies. There are no handbooks, no guides to go by. You have only your gut to trust. The questions can come at any time. You never know when, and you only get a minute to answer. You might be on your way to see a movie with friends, when all of a sudden, there is a voice wafting down from the clouds, the kind of voice Moses used to hear, booming and penetrating. But it is a voice only you can hear. If you are going to be reincarnated, the voice begins, stopping you dead in your tracks. Would you want to be a page in the Bible or a napkin on your true love's lap? How long would I get to stay there, you want to ask? Would she toss me aside when the meal was done? Which page from the Bible, Old Testament or new? And is one to choose a moment of bliss over an eternity of meaning, even if that meaning is someone else's? Well, these are all more than valid questions. But unfortunately, in this universe, you are not the one asking the questions. The cosmos is, and it is waiting for your answer. Alternate dimension number three. This dimension is a Beatrix Potter dimension, and in it, I am a hamster in a shawl and kerchief. As I scurry home from the market along the forest path, I carry a parcel with this week's groceries. Four grains of brown rice, three mint leaves, a thimble of honey, and, to unwind in the evening, four inches of yarn to attach to a doorknob and play cat's cradle. As I make my way along the path, I suddenly spy a cat. His collar reads, Mitchell. I cinch the babushka around my head tighter and scurry faster, but it's no use. He is following me, and so I pretend I'm crazy. This is a technique I often use to ward off larger creatures like beavers and chipmunks. I zig and zag, ejaculating random words and phrases like sassafrats and stab you good. The cat overtakes me and blocks my path. Excuse me, friend, says the cat. I seem to have lost my toothpick. Might you have seen it? Marbles, I blurt. The Warren Report. Bloody knuckles. The cat leans in. What's that, little friend? He asks. Your lips move, but the sounds coming out of your mouth are too quiet and high-pitched for my ears to pick up. Mind repeating? Kung Fu, I shout. Chunky peanut butter. Jackie Gleason. The cat finally gives up, and I continue on my way. His toothpick, my trusty walking stick, clamped tight in my tiny hamster paw. This is a universe where I am a Machiavellian hamster, secret king of the forest.
Howard. Hey, hi. Hey, where did you leave the TV remote in my apartment? You, the t- oh, that's where I always leave it. My place. Why would you take the, my TV remote to your place? Because I have my settings all set just so. But what am I supposed to do? Settings. I can't use my TV now. I don't have time for this. I'm getting ready for the high school reunion. I'm trying to find something to wear. High school reunion? Yeah, I've got a high school reunion tonight. Our high school is having a reunion. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even, why, why didn't I know about this? I don't know. Everybody's been invited? I just told them that I didn't think you'd be interested. Wait, what do you mean you told them? I ran to the guy who's organizing it, and he asked me for phone numbers and names. They asked me about you, and I said, there's no way you'd be interested. It was the worst years of your life, and you have nothing to do with it. Why would you say that? I, I would have liked to have caught up with those people. Okay, look, I, I didn't want you to come, okay? I didn't want you to come. I had a terrible time in high school. I was very insecure. People I, always made fun of me for being a loser. It didn't help that I hung out with people like you. Excuse me? I just didn't feel like going to the reunion and having to be the same thing all over again. I wanted to be a chance to be a new me, new Howard, make a new life for myself. A new Howard. Yeah, the new Howard. Uh-huh. You know, I, I was reading a little bit recently about positive thinking. Uh-huh. And if you want to change your life, you just need to visualize the self that you want to become. And so I'm, I decided I'm going I'm to go to the reunion as Howard 2.0. I'm relaunching, baby. I'm, I'm going to show them just how happy and successful I pretended to become. Pretended to become. Oh, I see. So you're, you're going to go there and you're just going to lie to everybody. Whoa. First, first of all, first of all, everybody lies at their high school reunion. Every single person. There's not one person telling the truth at a high school reunion. Well, I mean, what, then what's the point of going there and, 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 and presenting a false version of yourself? Revenge? You, and you care that much about what these people that you haven't seen in 30 years think of you. I think about it every single second of my life. Every single... You I think, think about... That sounds very unhealthy. I didn't say it was healthy. I'm going to go tonight, wow everybody, dance, I'm going to eat, I leave and everyone's going to say, that Norris Bronson, that guy's a good guy. Norris Bronson. I'm going to tell him I changed my name to Norris Bronson. And that, that, you think that's going to earn you respect? Norris Bronson. Chuck Norris, Charles Bronson. Howard, but you're still going to be Howie Ch- little Howie Chakowitz to them. Little Howie Chakowitz is dead. He's dead. Long live Norris Bronson. Norris Bronson has made something out of himself. Okay, he's been married six times. He has seven children. You're going to brag about how many times you've been married? Absolutely. Successful men go through women like Kleenex. Look at Mickey Rooney. Okay, so, so what else are you going to do to impress them? Well, I, I bought a Bluetooth headset that I'm going I'm to yell into about buying and selling all, like, you know, all throughout the evening. Uh-huh. And I made business cards on gold leaf paper. Well, I, I, I can actually only afford one, but I'm going to let them pass it around, like a nice gold leaf business card. Howard, what is your end game here? I mean, what are you hoping to accomplish? I'm just going to have a good meal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to impress everybody. Yeah. And when the whole thing winds down, I'm going to... Bed, Miss Tesler. Mrs. Tesler, our art teacher. Yeah, that that's what I'm hoping. You, are you kidding? She, I mean, I loved her. How do you... I loved her, loved her. I don't even know where to begin with that. Do you have any idea how old, first of all, Miss Tesler must be now? Wait, ta- she would She would actually be, like, in her mid-70s. Do you realize that? I hadn't thought of that, really. Okay, look, Howard... Why not just work at making the real Howard Chakowitz yeah. the best he could be? You know, and then go to the reunion as yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's my plan C. So. You mean you mean your plan B? No, my plan B is going as you.
What is that supposed to mean? I got this nude-colored bathing cap, so it makes me look bald, and I've been working on an imitation of you. So wait, hang on, wait. I and you're always Mrs. Tesla's favorite anyway, and I'll probably have a better shot. First of all, I forbid you to do that. But lying is fun. I mean, I mean, I spend every day I mean, lying. I'm like, I'm lying all the time. I'm, I don't even have your remote control. I threw it on the garbage on the way out of your house. Why would you do that? I just felt like it. Why would someone throw a remote control in the garbage? I'm in my hand. I'm going to go up the stairs again, open the door with the key. I just threw the damn garbage. Woo! Telling the truth is pretty good, too. Well, that doesn't come from the light. On Wiretap today, you heard Loden and Annika, Howard Chakowitz, and Fred Stoller, author of the great new book, Maybe We'll Have You Back, The Life of a Perennial TV Guest Star. For more, visit fredstoller.net. Wiretap is produced by Mira Birdwin-Tonic, Crystal Duhame, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. Tune into Wiretap Saturdays at 3.30 and Thursday evenings at 11.30. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius XM. Subscribe to the free podcast at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can also download the latest wiretap ringtone. Good boy, good boy, good boy. The praise you long to hear with every ring of your phone. And speaking of praise, make us feel loved by befriending us on Facebook and following our Tumblr at cbcwiretap.tumblr.com. We've come along. Thank you.